Welcome back to the Illinois Agronomy Update. I'm your host, Troy Kazire, and uh, today I have James Mickley with uh, Hanford Insurance Agency. Uh, James, how are you doing this morning? Doing good, Troy. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thanks for taking the time to visit with us today. Why don't you, uh, why don't you before we get started here, take a, take a couple minutes and tell us a little, about, uh, a little bit about Hanford and your role there, and then a little bit about your background, if you would. Sure, absolutely. Um, sure, I'll, I'll start a little bit with by myself. Um, I was uh, born and raised on a farm uh, north of Geneseo, Illinois here, and uh, went to school at Drake University out in Des Moines, Iowa, and got a degree in business management. Met my wife out there, and uh, we ended up uh, moving back, purchasing the home farm about 10 years ago. So we uh, are in the ag industry, uh, or that sector, working uh Raise corn, beans, and uh, some some cattle, and we got four boys in age ranging in ages from four to thirteen, and uh, so that uh, that's a little bit of back background about me, um, Hanford Insurance, how we how I got into that business, and a little bit about that business. Um, actually, it was started with my dad. He uh, was a farmer in the late seventies, early eighties, and uh, like like a lot of farmers in that era. He was trying to grow aggressively and got caught with some high interest rates and some some difficulty in farming. So, um, actually, was uh, asked to come and do uh, crop insurance and farm insurance for Hanford Insurance in the early '80s, and took that opportunity. And uh, about ten years later, in the early '90s, he uh, became one of the owners of Hanford Insurance. And so, uh, it's kind of in our our farming's in our blood, but the insurance is in the blood as well. So we've uh, been in it ever since. And uh, I, I got into it uh, shortly after college. I, I worked for uh, an insurance company for a couple of years before he talked to me about coming back to the business. So um, yeah, Hanford's been a, a pillar of the community since 1855 here in Geneseo and the surrounding areas. Uh, we do, uh, you know, I lead the crop and the farm insurance team, but uh, we do commercial uh, personal life and health. We do a full, we're a full service agency. So, um, so yeah, that's a little bit of background about us and, uh, have that farming background. So I enjoy being able to, to work with farmers and, uh, do a little farming on the side. Excellent. Well, and that's that, that crop insurance, uh, experience and background that we wanted to kind of visit with you about today. And, and so, uh, again, appreciate your taking the time to do that. So to start off with, why don't you kind of give us a little bit of background on the, on the federal crop insurance program and, and kind of, kind of how that come in case has come to be and, and, and where we're at now with that, uh, with that industry. Sure. Sure. Good question. Uh, yeah. So a little bit of history about the crop insurance program. We've got, uh, uh, over time, um, the, the way that, um, farmers have been supported um, it, before crop insurance. I guess I'll start there. Uh, it was a lot of ad hoc disaster programs. Um, so the, the drought would happen or the, the, the embargo would happen or whatever it was, the government would step in and, and come up with programs to, to help support the farmers um, after the fact, after what, what had happened um, happened. And, uh, you know, in the early 80s, um, they came out with the insurance program it was offered through the, the county FSA office. Um, it was really just a catastrophic policy um, and, and did not have a lot of uptake. They, the government then partnered with um, private insurance agencies like ourselves, and uh, that's when the program really started to take off. 
Um, there was a lot of, uh, you know, difficulty in farming in the 80s and uh, crop insurance, this crop insurance program really started to show value. Um, and, uh, you know, it showed value to lenders, it showed value to the farmers, and, and it showed value to, you know, really the, the food security and the, the food production in, in the United States. Um, so it, uh, it, it really, you know, fast forward to today, we have a, a pretty sophisticated insurance program. Um, you can purchase anything from just a straight yield protection at 50% coverage all the way up to, um, you know, revenue coverage all the way up to 95%. So um, it's a, it, it's a, it's a basic program, but at the same time, it's a, uh, it can be a very complicated program depending on how you want to make it. So, um, so yeah, it's, it, it, that's a little bit of history about it. Um, okay. Yeah. I appreciate that. And so, kind of let you know, talk a little bit about about the programs then that are available today and you know how that you know kind of kind of how it's able to add some value or or you know protection for for farmers uh uh with with some of the risks that they face today absolutely so you know really in my mind what what the crop insurance program does and, and that partnership that private public partnership with the government is is, is created a, a cost-effective way um, it, it gives farmers confidence to um, forge ahead in in a market that that may um, you know the, the margins may pretty be pretty tight in years where there's down prices um, or high production costs like we're, we're facing this year um, it's you know as you really think about it um, you know I talked to my my dad and his generation and you know the cost of production was was very low i mean prices were low but but the cost of production was low and today the dollars we're dealing with you know you use a say a 2000 acre farmer for example they may have a thousand acres of corn a thousand acres of beans um if you look at university of illinois um, projections they they show the cost of production um, at 750 dollars for corn and about 500 for soybeans you know on, on uh you, you look at those, you, you tally that up, that's over 1.2 or $1.3 million. Um, that's just the cost to put the, the crop in. Um, that's a lot of risk. That's a lot of dollars at play for, for a, a, what I would call a family farming operation. And uh, that's before land cost, you know. So um, there's having the crop insurance program has, has always given, you know, the farmers that, that ability to, move ahead and have that confidence that they're going to be able to, you know, be protected if, if things, if we have that major drought or we have that major price decline um, or, you know, whatever it is that may come down the line, they're going to get through that year and they're going to have the ability to farm um, the next year. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, one thing to touch on the, the, at a very high level, um, this, this crop insurance program really, you know, as you look at, uh, food production and, and the cost of, of food, you know, I ran a, I looked at a statistic before we, we talked and um, the U.S. spends about 7% of their household income on, on food. And uh, you look at European countries and they're upwards of 16% is, is what they spend. So the, the confidence that the crop insurance program gives to farmers um, to, you know, keep that we are one of the highest producing, you know, ag countries in the world and and there's a reason for that it's because we there's so much support for the farmers to continue improving continue 
enhancing their yields and, and creating that, uh, that food security and, and keeping those costs down for consumers. Yeah, absolutely. James, kind of walk us through, you know, the conversation you have with a client and, and, and some of the options that are available and some of the factors that, that uh, you know, farmer needs to consider uh, when, when picking a, a crop insurance program. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, the big thing I had mentioned the the input cost um, as far as corn being at seven hundred fifty dollars an acre for for that seed, chemicals, fertilizer, all the inputs that they have. Um, you know, beans five hundred dollars an acre, seed, fertilizer, um, tillage. You know, all those different this different costs. That's really um, the biggest input that that farmers have to look at. Um, they have to protect those those costs. Um, as we know, farming, you know, land costs range from those who own their ground 100% to those who um, cash rent and are trying to grow their, they're younger, they're trying to grow their operation aggressively, and they're, they're taking a little bit more risk, and they don't have um, the balance sheet to back it up. So those guys are going to carry, a, you know, a higher level of coverage to protect um, a little bit more. And some of your farmers that uh, are, are a little bit, they're a little bit further along and they have stronger balance sheets are going to be able to um, maybe carry a little bit more moderate coverage. But um, it, it's, yeah, I would say that uh, the input costs uh, are a big, big factor for farmers as they look at what level they need to carry, what type of coverage they need to carry. Um, the other thing would be, you know, forward contracting. Um, Farmers today are, are, grain, are, are grain marketers, and uh, whether they like it or not, um, they, they have to have a farm marketing program. And really in this, this volatile market we're in, farmers have to stay on top of, you know, when they can, when they can sell bushels at, at a profitable level, um, they're, they're doing that, whether it's old crop or new crop. And, and so they may not have those bushels in hand, but they may be at a, a price level that's, that's going to allow them to make some money that year. And they, they will go ahead and forward contract. Well, with crop insurance, um, if you didn't have crop insurance and you don't have those bushels you produce in the fall, you have nothing to fall back on. So you might be buying those bushels back at double the cost. So, you know, having revenue insurance um, allows them to do that forward contracting with confidence. So those those two would be the biggest factors, I would say, um, play into what farmers elect as far as their coverage is. Sure. So, you know, you mentioned revenue and, and protecting revenue and kind of tied into all this, you know, we're coming up on the deadline when, when guys have to have to enroll for either um, – uh, ARC or, or PLC uh, on their farm. So, so talk a little bit about those and, and the difference between them and kind of how that's tied to, to, to crop insurance. Sure, sure. So uh, the PLC and ARC, you know, those are farm programs that, uh, that farmers elect at the, the FSA office, the county office. But uh, we usually get uh, brought into those conversations as as uh, what I would call experts in in all programs farm related. Um, so we do end up being an advisor on some of those things, um, and there is a tie back to the crop insurance program with those um, that being a supplemental coverage option or SEO as it's referred to. Um, the 
SEO is a product that was that became available a couple of years ago. Farmers can buy a personal uh, a revenue policy that protects their individual farm, their individual bushels. But then for a um, for a pretty reasonable cost, they can add SEO to their crop insurance program. They do pay for it. It covers them up to uh, 86% above from above their coverage level, their individual coverage level to 86% of the county expected revenue. It, it provides an ad- additional layer of coverage. It can do a nice job of, of protecting a little bit uh, more of that price that we've secured, which is 590 for corn and 1433 for soybeans. Um, when they when they elect that SEO, if they elect that SEO on their on their insurance program that they can select, uh, then they need to take what's called PLC or price loss coverage um, down at the FSA office. So it, the reason for that is um, the other program option is ARC, um, and, and a lot of farmers are looking at that program as well, and that program. Um, the reason they can't, the, the government came out and said you can't take SCO on your crop insurance and ARC on your, you know, farm program is because they kind of view them, they, they work a lot alike. They, they are very similar in the mechanics for payment. They're both um, protect what I would say 86% of the county expected revenue. So in the government's mind, they don't want you to elect both programs. Um, but uh, the mechanics behind uh, the, the prices they use are very different, um, and, and some of those things vary. But uh, the ARC program is is eighty six percent of the county expected revenue. Unfortunately, that those two programs are using a pretty low um, price for their programs, so they are really, if you look at them, they are really disa- disaster programs. They are um, the PLC uses three dollars and seventy cents for corn and eight dollars and forty cents for soybeans. We hope to sh- we sure hope to not be back at those price levels for the for the 22 um, crop marketing year. Which uh, so the decisions down there are not uh, a big decision this year. Um, but uh, the only the only thing people are deciding this year is whether they want to take SCO um, on their crop insurance, which which would then determine what program they need to take down at, at their local FSA office. So kind of in a nutshell, just to clarify, when you talk about PLC versus ARC, you know, the the PLC really is protecting it. It's kind of giving a price floor, right? Correct. Whereas ARC, you know, uh, yield, overall revenue. So so yield versus price is going to come into play Mm -hmm. um, where you're talking about revenue protection rather than price protection. Exactly. So, yep. PLC, it's a reference price. If the marketing year average price falls below that 370 for corn or 840 for beans, there's a payment. Um, the ARC has that has that county yield component into it. So, it, like you said, it it, gen, it now creates a revenue. Um, if the if the county has a complete disaster and yields zero bushels, um, then there would be a payment in that program. Whereas PLC would say, nope, the price was still above 370 for corn and 840 for beans. This program doesn't doesn't pay. So, um, as you look at the experts or listen to the experts in the industry, um, they say if you're not going to take SCO on your individual coverage or individual policy, um, they're suggesting ARC County because of that yield component. 
Um, so the yield component allows, you know, the, the likelihood of either paying is pretty slim this year because we're at 590 for corn and 1433 for beans. And uh, we all hope we stay there or above. But uh, um, yeah, that would be you know, to your point. Yes, it's it's more of a revenue policy. So it has that yield component in it. Okay. Um, one other question here, and we don't want to get too far into the weeds and in, in uh, uh, you know, a lot of the details in, in crop insurance coverage, but question we get from time to time revolves around um, enterprise units versus uh, basic units. Can you talk just a little bit about that and kind of mm -hmm. what that means and how that works? Absolutely. So um, several years ago, they came out with that, what's called enterprise unit. Um, so what it does is it, it combines, um, it's by crop. So if you had a thousand acres of corn and you know, 10 different sections across the county, um, you, you could elect the enterprise unit. It reduces that cost uh, probably 30, 40% uh, on the premium side. Um, but there's two things that are important to look at there. One is you have to qualify for it. So you have to have acres in multiple sections across the county. If your farm is only in one section, um, then you do not have that option to go enterprise unit. Um, the other piece is from a loss from a loss perspective. Um, when you elect to go enterprise unit, you're saying those ten different farms across the county. Um, one farm could make 250 bushels, and the other farm could the other farms could make 150. If you average out at 200 bushel an acre, um, it's going to put a blended yield together and, and determine you across all those acres for a loss. Um, so you do give up uh, the ability to collect on individual farms when you go enterprise unit. So you have to weigh those. So, so what we do with farmers is we look at it and weigh the, the cost, you know, the cost savings uh, versus what we're risking on, uh, on, the, on the, when it comes to the loss. So does that answer your question, Troy? Is you think yep, absolutely. That, that, uh, uh, that helps explain it. So anything, anything else that uh, you wanted to make sure that we touched on that we haven't covered yet, James? No, I think that uh, um, pretty much summarizes what we're, what we're going through. Um, Wait, what do we got when we got some deadlines coming up, right? Yep, March 15th is uh, coming up here uh, just around the corner. That's the, the time frame when we need to make these elections for um, the, the revenue policy or, or our multi-parallel crop insurance program. Um, uh, the other thing that a lot of farmers are looking at, and this is maybe, uh, this, this varies by area, uh, but the hail and the wind insurance is, is a, a big topic of conversation in different parts of the states and, and parts of the country. Um, we, we continue to see these, uh, derecho, which is a term, you know, I had never heard personally until a couple of years ago. Hmm. Um, the wind has become a big factor in, in our area and seems to be a pretty common occurrence. So we do, uh, we do look at that with farmers and some, some would, uh, you know, we'll take it and others will say, I don't feel like I'm exposed to it. So it does, it does really vary farmer to farmer on that coverage, but it is, has become a very uh, common coverage to, to include. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, a lot of good information, James, uh, again, appreciate the time and, and uh, uh, good luck. Uh, good luck with the, the upcoming season. All right. Thank you, Troy. 
You bet. Thank you. And thanks to everybody for listening. James Mickley, uh, owner and, and agent with Hanford Insurance Company. Um, a lot of good information. And, and we will see everybody next time on the next episode of the Illinois Agronomy Update. Thank you.